Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Branch Ministries, their podcast. We're a short one person today, but we have with us uh, Brother Thomas Kambadzi and myself, Richard Green. And today we have a very interesting topic, a topic that affects everyone of all ages. I'm talking kids, adults, despite what age, but today we want to focus on the topic for men. And specifically, it's a habit that you may not think you have, but a lot of us do. And that's the habit of pornography. You know, when I look back at my own life and uh, I look at just those times where I've been exposed to pornography, because let's, let's face it, we all have at some point. I remember as a child, we had a Sears magazine of all things, a Sears magazine in our house, very innocent. But as a child, I think it was maybe six or seven years old. I'm looking through the pages and I came across ladies in brassieres uh, wearing lingerie, Victoria's Secrets. And as a young man, you know, hormones are raging, it catches your eye, right? It's a beautiful woman. What's there not to like? But just because of that one step forward in the wrong direction or say one step backwards, it just opens up the appetite. And it's, it's a very interesting experience because it's not something that you just assume you're going to be addicted to. No one assumes you're going to be addicted to anything. It's something that comes over time. And okay. so today with my brother Thomas, we're going to look at some war plans, some habits, and we want to give a shout out to Unseen Media Group for providing these amazing packages that any of you can get access to. Their website is, and I repeat, unseen.me. That's U-N-C-S-C-E-N-E. ME, and we'll link it up in the show notes description. So, Thomas, jump right in, brother. You know, let's talk about it. Yeah, sure, sure. Thanks a lot, Rich. You know, it's interesting when you talked about how you were just like, you know, just innocent going through a magazine, and, you know, you find we live in such a world whereby you don't, you normally have to actively look for it, right? Where back in the day, you had to, like, you know, find underground means to come <laughs> across it. Right now, just think about when you're at Walmart or at Fortina's, like when you're just about to check out and you're on the aisle, what's, what's on the magazines which are just behind, you know, above that candy, above that chocolate? Everything out there, I can guarantee you, well, don't even experiment, don't even look, because I can guarantee you it's all going to be naked women. And some of the times, you know, I'm, I'm passing by then, I'm just like, what in the world are they thinking to put those magazines here? Like, like what's wrong with the world? And sometimes it's not even uh, on magazines. Sometimes you're just driving, you know, you're driving into downtown Toronto, all those billboards, the big billboards out there, it's just there in your face. In your face, yeah. You're not looking for it, it's there. And you're just like, Lord, have mercy. What a world we're living in. And um, and just embedded with the culture right now. No one... Um, some other people, when they hear us saying this, might think we're weird because that's just the norm. Everywhere you go, it's all over the place. Well, you mentioned that, Thomas. Just look at social media. Look at uh -huh. Instagram. Look at Snapchat and TikTok. They have teenage girls, underage girls wearing absolutely nothing. What yeah. does that do for our culture? What does that do for our, our young people and the generation that's coming up? Like, it's got to have some kind of effect, right? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, to the point where it's, it's so bad, like uh, to the point where my, my sister, she has a, my nephew, he is about six right now, mm -hmm. uh, to the point where my sister had to have a conversation with my nephew who was like six, where she realizes like, you know what? If she just like lives a son to a world like this, where like it's just everywhere, he doesn't have a fighting chance. She had to have a conversation with him like, hey, when we go to the grocery store, I want you to look like up in the sky when you get to the checking eye. Mercy. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, some countries, I know North America is more liberal, but in my time in Israel, I went to the Dead Sea and it's, it's beautiful because it's got lots of salt. It's very therapeutic. They had a separation in the sea for men and for women. This is a Jewish culture. They're very conservative. But not only that, the men that went into the water, they were fully clothed up to their their wrists up to their ankles. And even the women, they had the same thing. And I thought, hey, people are crazy. But when I think about it, why is it that God had instilled this idea of conservatism? Okay. You know, 
Why is it that Eve and Adam, they felt that they were naked and they had to sew fig leaves? And if you think about it, if you think about it for a second, the clothes that we're wearing today are designer fig leaves, right? They're threads, yeah. they're cottons, yeah. they're linens. Yeah. Exactly. They're hemp. Nothing has changed, my brother. And uh -huh. so I think at the, at the core of this, as, as the war plan tactic talks about, it's a habit. And, you know, talk to us about the formation of habits. So, um, you know, formation of a habit. So maybe you can do a little bit better about that, but I can approach this from a, the more of the scientific uh, point of view. Okay, let me, let me lay down what habits are first, and then we can maybe get into some of the scientific side of it. Yeah. Um, but let's look at the, the formation of habits is extremely crucial to forming a person's character. You talk about uh, your nephew as a young boy and me being exposed to, as, as I mentioned, you know, at an early age, exposed to a Sears magazine that I thought nothing of, but because of that, it just opened up so many more waypoints. You know, it's a determining factor of a person's eternal destiny. You know, we may have heard that thoughts become words, words become actions, repeated actions become habits, our habits become our character, our character becomes ultimately our yeah. destiny. And when it comes to our destiny, we only have two choices to choose from. Yeah. You know, the Bible is very clear in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose that both you and your descendants may live. One more verse I wanted to touch on, which talks about habits. Romans 6, verse 23. Do you have it there? I can, I can. I mean, maybe I can read it over. So Romans 6, verse 23. I'm always there. So Romans 6, verse 23 reads, For the wages of sin is death, mm. but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, O Lord. Amen. The wages Amen. of sin Amen. is death. And when we think about habits and we think about pornography, you know, we, in, in the moment, we're thinking, oh, it's, it's so enjoyable, it's pleasing, it's nice. Mm -hmm. But usually that's what sin feels like, right? You know, we don't sin because it hurts. We sin because it's enjoyable, it's pleasurable. Eve ate fruit because it enlightened her eyes and she saw it was good for food, right? She didn't say because it had worms in it, it was molding. No, no, no. Exactly. It was attractive. In the same way, in the same way, pornography is extremely, literally extremely attractive. But mm -hmm. God has reserved uh, relationships between a man and a woman to be sacred in marriage and matrimony. And as we all know, there are two kinds of habits. There are good habits and there are bad habits. And mm -hmm. each one, as we have just read, has an eternal consequence, an eternal weight that shapes the development of our character. Exactly, exactly. And you know, when, when we talk about like how it's very attractive, right? It, it just pulls you like a magnet. The thing is, it's meant to be like that, you know. Mm -hmm. What happens though is the devil takes something which is created in purity and then he perverts it. Everything that God has created for the good of man, the devil takes it and he twists it. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that attraction that happens, you know, when a guy sees a naked lady, it's something that God wired man to, to operate on. But that was meant to just like Adam has his own one Eve where he only sees in a lifetime only that one lady naked and is wired to, to, you know, to just really get attracted and really be bonded in that whole, um, in the context of a relationship, a marital relationship. And so when that is happening, you know, it's not just an attraction which is happening from an emotional perspective. It's like, Neur uh, uh, neurons, um, neurotransmitters are actually being released. You know, dopamine mm. is released when a guy talk, talk to me about that. Go, go, right? go deeper so, scientific. So, what happens is every time uh, your body sees that, your body releases dopamine. Dopamine, dopamine is the feel good hormone. Like, mm. you get it released when you're doing other things like drugs or even other, you know, innocent things like when you're running. Interesting. Wait, wait. So, you said dopamine. Is that why people refer to drugs and weed as dope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's it's only uh, like I mentioned, it's it's not it's not bad. The the the, the neurotransmitter itself has it's is neutral. There's no like um it's a, a moral. It is right? no good or evil. It is no good or evil, right? 
So it's released in other instances, like for example, when you run, like good things like exercising and running and you feel good. That's the dopamine that's being released. So mm -hmm. you can use it for the good. You can use it to nurture good habits, like, you know, running, like exercising, like, you know, doing acts of kindness and you feel good. That's dopamine being released. But it's also released in the context of like when you see a naked woman, right? And it's meant to be released in the context of a sexual relationship between married people so that like the next time you see your wife, you know that that's where the good mm -hmm. stuff comes from. All right. right. God made it that way so that like you continue to bond with your wife. But what then happens is that like um, in the context of pornography, you're constantly uh, in many cases, you're seeing so many pictures of so many different women and you, it's constantly being released there, 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 there to the point where it's released in an unnatural state whereby it's not it's uh, you're over your brain is on override. So you're getting an overdose of something and, and, and too much of everything is not good. Sorry, Thomas, I just want people to know that you are a registered nurse, that this is coming from a trusted source, not just uh, just words being spitted out here. So we have an expert in the room. So, so, I, re so, I really appreciate that. No problem. Yeah, I'm a registered nurse. I was on a part to pre-med at some point. So um, it's not over yet, brother. Nursing as my, as my, my pre-med. So, so anyways, yeah, so that's what happens. And the problem is, uh, eventually you get desensitized to, to pleasure because yeah. you're oversensitizing your brain and you're pushing it, you're overdriving it. It's like with any addiction, right? You're overproducing something which should happen to a certain level in, in the natural state, but you're overpushing it yourself to a point where, you know, um, for example, with, you know, with drugs, you now need uh, a drug to just be normal. You normally need it to get a high. The same thing happens with, you know, pornography. You come to a point where you're no more satisfied with a sexual relationship or you can't even function without it. You, to be just be normal, you need to see those, those images constantly coming to, to yourself. Right. And let, let's, let's just call, call the elephant in the room. You know, pornography doesn't, doesn't just lead to you watching. Exactly. Now, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm -hmm. But it also leads to self-pleasure, masturbation. You know, it's, I always find that those words, masturbation or all these things like that, or pornography are so taboo in the church. Meanwhile, everyone is struggling with it. The youngest child to the oldest person in the church because we have our smartphones and I don't need a serious magazine anymore. I can just go on Instagram and it's in my face without even looking. Exactly. I see pop-ups. Exactly. You exactly. go to websites. I remember um, at church once, we're looking up lyrics for a hymn, and there's a pop up from a porn website. Like, have mercy, how is this even possible? Exactly. You know, Satan is at work, brother. And I think we have to guard her, our eyes. Um, you had shared a book with us earlier about um, your brain on porn. Can you share a little bit about that and, and what that meant for you and anything that you can share from um, your study of that book? Sure, sure, sure. So um, that uh, book, you can find it on a website which is called Confident Eyes. Uh, Confident Eyes, really good website. Covenant Eyes? That's right. Okay. That's right. And I can talk a, a little bit about that website in a little bit uh, more. But it points us a little bit, uh, in addition to like the things I was pointing out about the dopamine and how you get um, desensitized to pleasure, you also get hypersensitized to lust. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you're involved in like you know, seeing pornography, masturbating and stuff like that, what then happens is your body, your brain is now twisted where you're hypersensitized to last and then in such a way that like when you're having normal conversations with, with people, when people say normal things, you start to see allusions and to, to sexual, you know, sexual comments. You just start to think that people are flirting with you when they're not even. Because wow. your brain is hypersensitized to, to lust, you're almost becoming like an animal. And the reason why this happens is because um, when you're when all the the things that we're talking about from a neurochemical perspective are happening, what happens is your frontal lobe. So your brain is divided into different lobes. So it's called the frontal lobe, which is over here, mm -hmm. which is which differentiates us from animals. Right? It's the biggest part in humanity. Uh, in the brain of the human, it's about 33%. The, for the human, it's about 33%. When you're looking at the animals, it's like 6% of the brain. Which wow, praise God. He's made us We're definitely different from animals. <laughs> so exactly. to all the evolutionists out there, there is a very keen distinction. Exactly, exactly. So if anything makes us human, it's our frontal lobe. That's what's, that's the, 
if we can find one thing which from a very like objective um, biological physiological point of view that differentiates us from animals is the our frontal lobe how it's bigger how it's um responsible for the executive functions for decision making for being able to descend between right and wrong that's why animals can go by instinct they cannot decide between right and wrong because they don't have that much of a big frontal lobe so what happens is with all this pony and everything, when you now distance, we're now hypersensitized to loss. What has really happened is due to the things that you're watching, the, the masturbation and everything, you're killing neurons, you're killing brain cells wow. in your frontal lobe. So when they put your brain under imaging, they actually see you have something called hyperfrontality, which means just like your your brain is functioning at a very low rate as compared to like a normal brain. So if you look at it on, on images, you look at a normal brain, a normal brain is all lighted up in the frontal lobe. And then someone who's like watching porn and, you know, it's like similar to someone who's on drugs. Like there's like so many fewer points of lighting up in the frontal lobe just because they are, it's getting, uh, neurons are actually being killed. So this is really bad. That's, Why is that's really bad? incredible. I had no idea that we're literally putting holes in our brain. Exactly. Exactly. And you can see this on the MRIs? Exactly. Exactly. And um, what happens is, I'm not too sure, um, I don't want to be quoted, I'm not too sure if the technical term is an MRI or whatever it is. um, um, It's got to be one of those scans. Exactly. But but in addition to that, in addition to being hypersensitized to loss, you also lose your willpower because, you know, you're, you're killing your frontal lobe, right? So, uh, you notice that people who um, are constantly, um, you know, addicted to like constantly watching pornography, constantly masturbating, and it's all—it's not only masturbating and, and constantly um, watching porn. It goes into even over having uh, too much sex. Mm. That's another. That's another thing we. we so, so temperance about. is something that has to be considered as well. Exactly. So when you're having. Um, when you're masturbating or when you're having too much sex, what's happening is every time you have an ejaculation, you you lose an intense amount of zinc in your body, right? Mm. In the natural state of things, there's this doctor called Dr. Neil Nedley. He talks about how uh, for things to keep in balance, you have that release has to happen like once in every four to seven days. But when someone is on porn and all those things, they are masturbating so many times a day, um, and what happens, you're losing so much zinc, and zinc is so is a, is a very essential micronutrient in the brain. So you start to realize that people don't perform as, as, at their peak at work, you know, and when people go, you know, start, you know, the Lord are giving them deliverance, and they start, you know, fasting from those things, and, you know, um, people have gave, given testimonies of like their workmates said to say, yeah, there's something different about you. You're just like performing <laughs> at a way yeah. high there's level, noticeable, like, noticeable level excellence. And sometimes people just can like, you know, they can open up like, yeah, it's because I quit porn or I, I quit, I started having temperance in my sexual yeah, uh, activity life. So it's, it's amazing how just like, you know, it affects even your performance in the in the in your professional world, in your schoolwork, in everything that you're trying to do. When you you're fighting against your body, you're killing your body, mm-hmm. and you can't perform at a peak performance because you're just like way, um, all that zinc that's going out that's being wasted. In addition to just like your brain being having walls in your brain. I've heard it being referred to too as um, the vital force. You know, exactly. like we have a certain amount of vital force every time we ejaculate. You know, in addition to feeling so tired and worn out and just like lethargic, it's, it's like there is a connection that the soul, your entire being has that exactly. God has, has put inside of us. And it's like we're depleting that a little bit. And, exactly. and for me personally, I don't know, but I just feel a sense of guilt and shame. Exactly. You know, you, know you, you masturbate or whatever, you watch porn, it's like, ah, I feel so dirty. Ah. Exactly. Then it's like once I feel like the Holy Spirit, I think just like convicting me. And then afterwards, you go back and, oh, it's okay. Well, let me watch it again. Round two. Let's go. <laughs> I think that this is such a destructive um, tool of the enemy because I'm just thinking of all the kids, right? You have, everyone has a smartphone, exactly. pretty much, or a tablet or something. Yeah. And yeah. if they're being exposed to this at such an early age, you discuss about being desensitized. 
Thank you. What does that mean when they finally get married and they're trying to do the things that they saw in porn with their partner? They're just like, uh, what is, what are you doing? You know? Exactly. How do we cross that bridge? Exactly. And you know, I'm going to go a little bit of, in something that you pointed out when you talked about the vital force and how you start feeling tired and everything, you know, it goes back even to that scene we're talking about. I, I believe it's all connected from when you look at it from a scientific point of view, because it, mm -hmm. it takes two to three days for, uh, zinc from one ejaculation to be replaced you know wow so you're thinking about like when someone is on point of having all too much sex that's why you feel so tired because like you're literally depleted like so much zinc it's gonna take so much but the thing is like people don't know this then they're gonna go back into the, the same path and the reason is why you start finding yourself being like going into the same path where sometimes you feel so dirty and you know that this is wrong but you find yourself in the same path is because like changes are happening at the uh, at, a, at, a, at a molecular level in your brain it's like when you start taking a path right um and and the bush and then it, it gets like easier and easier and easier right that's the same path that you're not you i guess like you're making a trail in the bush it gets wider and wider exactly yeah. exactly so it's kind of like Anytime you have, something happens or you're lonely, you're feeling frustrated, you're whatever, that's going to be your go-to coping mechanism because you've created a path in, of pleasure and comfort in your brain. Where I mean, I, I can relate to that. It makes so much sense. I remember being in university and college and I'm stressed out and I was like, I don't drink, I don't do drugs. Uh, when what's important? Because it was like, it was, it was a release. I felt this sense of euphoria. I could turn my mind off a little bit. It's like, oh, it's not gonna hurt anyone. It's just me in my dorm room, you know, whatever. Just, you know, as the guy exactly. said, the guys would say, you know, we're scrub one out. That was the terminology. And, you know, went through the cycle again. But I realized thinking back now that my mind was kind of cloudy. Like it wasn't as, as, as sharp, you know? Exactly. So exactly. I, I think you're onto something. Exactly. And Literally, your brain has been hijacked by the enemy, by enemy software. <laughs> like malware just came and <laughs> taken <laughs> over how <laughs> your brain operates. Wow. And I, I think if we don't realize, when you, when you find yourself in such a situation, you now have to realize that, you know, you know similar to like the, is the one parable where Jesus talks about, you know, um, a sower came at night, an enemy came at night and he sowed enemy seeds, he sowed weeds. And now it's kind of hard to differentiate between what's the good seed and the bad seed, you right. know? And it's, it's, it's really messed up, right? That's the same thing that happens when, you, when you've gone on, onto that path. You now have to rewire your brain because like enemy software has hijacked your, 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 your operating system. That's powerful, bro. All right, on that note, we're talking about habits we're talking about pornography we're talking about brain we're talking about zinc and life force let's go to deuteronomy chapter six because it has a really good outline for how we form habits and it shows us what's the best time to create them and some of the things that we can start with creating good habits for ourselves and for our children because we we're living this life not just for ourselves you want to set the example and we also want to pass it down to the next generation so let's see what we can learn from this Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. I'll read the first verse. If you want to read the verse 6, we can go alternatively, okay? Okay, sounds great. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verses 5, starts out by saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words, which I commanded thee today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as the frontlet between thine eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So here we're seeing a practical example of how to reinforce the habit of loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. It talks about teaching each other diligently, about teaching your children how to walk in those ways. When you lie down you know, in your bed, you're thinking, when you get up, you know, when you rise up, when you enter your house, they even had it on the doors, on, the, on their frontlets, you know, in their minds. Are you talking about the frontal lobe? I think the frontlets here is talking about the mind. 
This is incredible. This is Deuteronomy. This is thousands of years old, Amen. bro. This is amazing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. This is so fascinating. You know, there's a self-assessment that we can each do that the war plan talks about. And there's, there's four steps um, on page five there, Thomas, if you have it. Um, can you walk us through some of those steps? Maybe we can talk about that. So uh, page five, uh, self-assessment. So think of uh, four habits that you're currently struggling with in, um, in your life and you wanna change and transform them to become good habits. Uh, the first thing to do is just like write them on, on a piece of paper and then the next thing that to just that you want to do is habits or bad habits don't happen in a vacuum. So you want to be able to access to assess the cause of the habit. So find the cause of the habit. Ask yourself why are you doing it, mm. and then write below um, the context of your bad habits. You know, this can be a particular location, a group of people, a time of the day. A, type of the weather, the environment, the choices that you make, the feelings attached to a particular event or, um, or a person. So, you know, it's, um, it's interesting, you know, when he talks about finding the cause of a habit and writing the context in which these habits happen. Because, you know, as, as I, in, in my personal life, as I was reflecting, I, I started to realize that there are certain times um, where I'm more vulnerable, you know, to falling into, you know, watching porn and, you know, uh, all of this like sexual evil. I 100% bro, especially those late hours at night. Exactly. When, when, it, when, it, when those urges come for me personally, when I'm struggling the most, it's like two, three o'clock in the morning. And sometimes I'm like, why, why am I even up at this hour? Exactly. You know? Exactly. exactly. And for me, it was that, you know, late at night when your brain is tired, uh, for me, I also noticed that when I'm overworking and I started to realize, wow, it's mm. all connected, you know, temperance and working, the Lord is trying to prevent us from coming to a point where your brain is too tired, you cannot overcome temptation. And um, I can even go deeper than this. Like I've listened to some other, uh, you know, uh, podcasts and audios um, on a platform called Audiovis. Mm -hmm. There's a guy who, um, forgetting his name, having a foggy brain but um that's all right i'll leave it up in the show notes later yeah yeah but one of the things that he mentions he actually has something called the school of emotional healing uh where he you know he works with people and uh he tries uh, to help them to um identify what's the root cause of of like um the struggle they're having you know and some of the times he has found out that you know sometimes when pe uh, people have had something that happened have happened in their past like for example they have been sexually abused mm -hmm. it, like a trigger it, it triggers yeah oh, it triggers okay. it, it's, it's, it's kind of connected some of the like the trauma that you have gone in the past um when you when you think about it or you're subconsciously thinking about it you you can end up finding yourself in an addiction to kind of cope with that situation and so really going to the to the to the, to the cause of why is what you're going through happening really helps and you know in the bible you know you you see even like people like david you know saying search my heart oh lord show me what's in my heart you know god can help us to show us like what's the root cause of like some mm -hmm. of the reasons why we're going certain sin through through sending through things and um most of the times we just want to bandage things we just want to don't don't want to feel guilty but god wants to actually take us through an emotional healing process that's powerful that's so powerful i love that you mentioned david you know god calls david a man after his own heart right that's biblical but we see david he didn't struggle with pornography but he struggled with adultery I'm not sure which one's worse. They're both, you know, on the same level because it's a man thinking in his heart. So is he. He not only committed uh, in adultery. In a sense, he was too because he was, he was walking watching, on the roof, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> in the story of David, he was watching the woman naked yeah. as she was showering yeah. on the roof. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So it did start with pornography. Mercy. Exactly. So he started with his eyes. He was watching. He was looking where he shouldn't have. And the thing, I, I want to make a point here. We can't avoid all the things that we see. Like we can't just walk around the world blind, right? Jesus didn't walk around the world blind. Exactly. However, however, just like you, your, your, your analogy with your nephew, when you go into Walmart, keep your, keep your eyes up. Don't be yeah. looking around like that. 
we have to be so diligent to watch what we see. And if, you know, for example, I'm, I'm driving on the road sometimes and I see a woman in like very tight clothing, very cut off and revealing in tights and, you know, body parts are being exposed. Before, I'd be like driving and look like this. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Not gonna lie to you. Even as a married man, early days. Not, yeah. My wife, please forgive me. I'll be driving and looking, God forgive me. But yeah. now yeah. the difference is when I see them, I, I say, Lord, that is your child. I yes. pray that your spirit would speak to her and that yes. she recognizes her beauty is not in her exterior, but is in her heart. Exactly. And when, when I realize that what the Lord is doing in my heart, I'm like, that's kind of weird. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I, normally you'd want to go and search, but God, I believe he changes our appetite exactly. to exactly. see each other through his eyes. So it's no, no longer, man, that girl is hot. That girl is sexy. It's my goodness. That woman is a child of God. And if she, if she only knew just how beautiful exactly. she is on the inside. Exactly. You know, it kind of reminds me, you know, what you just said. Uh, there's a text that was like going over like a few days ago. I'm, I'm trying to find it. I believe it's a... Uh, um, is it First Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians five is two? Um, well, I can't really find it, but it talks about how, uh, as Christians, you know, I, I think it was Paul addressing a congregation. He was saying that to, to men, uh, view all the women as if they are your mothers, and view mm. young women as if they are your sisters in purity. And they kind of there's there's a I've been trying to claim that promise, you know, when I come across, you know, um, someone like, like you just mentioned the scenario, you just mentioned like, Lord, help me to see this. Can you check uh, first Timothy chapter five? I think that's where it might be in that area. Exactly. 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 Okay. I'm, I'm just going to quickly check it right now. I just started on the fly when you, you know, mentioned that experience because like, it's not just you, it's everyone. And yeah. if there's any man who's denying that they don't go through that, they're lying. Hey, listen, I, 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 I'm in the church. I serve in that office. I'm not afraid to say that is the truth, brother, because we are all fallible. We are, we're, we're in the flesh. We're being sanctified daily. And the thing is that even in church, yeah. even in church, when women will wear something revealing, it is so distracting. I remember asked to preach on a youth day. Oh, my goodness. And there were some women which were, were very beautiful, and their skirts were so short. In the front row, thank you. And I was—I couldn't even look at them because mm -hmm. it was such a distraction. And I think sometimes we do things without not 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 intending to be seductive or lustful, but it comes across, and Satan will use that exactly, exactly. to just stray the men of God. As we're talking about men here dealing with pornography, exactly. stray the men of God away from the true objective of lifting Jesus high. Amen. Amen. And you know, I think what as humanity, what we don't realize is literally we're in a war, we're in a war zone where mm. the Bible talks about how our enemy is not people. Our enemy is like we fight against principalities in high places, you know, yes, it's powers of wickedness and evil, places. God and yes. God, his angels, the devil and his angels. That's the real war. We are just victims in the battlefield. And we, the thing is, if we're passive victims, by default, we are, the, we are on the devil's side. We have to like consciously, actively choose God's side, you know, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, going, going, going to what you're saying about, you know, uh, you know, ladies not properly, you know, dressed and everything. And, you know, sometimes when you have this conversation about- But it's not just ladies. Yeah. It's even, guys even, too. Yeah. I, I, hear guy, I hear ladies commenting about the guys wearing the tight pants. Yeah, where yeah. You're, you're seeing they're they're behind, and you're seeing bulges in the front that yeah. like they shouldn't yeah. be seeing in church. Like, exactly. come on, exactly. or you're seeing their biceps, and like you know, like bro, you're not at the gym right now. Put that away. You, know, like, <laughs> you don't even wear spandex That's in the right. house of the That's Lord. Right. And what it boils down to, coming to the context of being in a war, right? The devil has been in existence like before humanity humanity existed you know and in one of the one of my favorite authors um her name is ellen white mm. she talks about how the devil has studied the mind the devil wow. knows psychology he knows neurobiology he knows neurophysiology he knows that think about he's been around than, for a few thousand years right if not exactly more. exactly he knows that more than any 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 psychologist or any neurologist right to the point where any serious movie in Hollywood does not produce a movie without hiring a psychologist. 
because they are penetrating the 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 human psyche they know how they they, they want to uh, they take advantage of how the human mind works when they're creating this movie so that like they become blockbusters they make some so much money in, in millions. and the same concept happens in, in the scenario where you mentioned you know in, in a, a church context where a brother is trying to preach you know trying to uplift jesus you know the devil knows he knows how the the the, the brain of the man is wired we are moved by what we see as compared to ladies Ladies are moved by what they hear. That's why, like, you know, um, they hurt more emotionally when um, a guy cheats on her by just saying, uh, you know, the same things he said to her to another lady. But for a guy, we are hurt differently. Like, when it comes to, like, if uh, for us, if a girl flirts with another guy, we're not as hurt as much as, like, if a girl sleeps with, our girl sleeps with another guy because we are wired differently. We are wired visually. Mm. Right, that's why sometimes, no matter how holy a man and how much of a person <laughs> he is, if he sees a naked lady, there's something that happens that he has to consciously fight against. And so, so true. the devil knows that, like, when you see curves, when you see exposed skin, all that stuff, he knows how our brain is wired, it's going to elicit a certain reaction, a certain stimulation in your body. That's why those things happen. And sometimes ladies, uh, um, and my apologies, I'm just pointing out ladies because I'm a guy and I'm attracted <laughs> that uh, ladies don't realize that that's why it's happening we have conversations you know sometimes in the cute settings like you know what you should be your brother's keeper and like oh why why are they looking why they can't just look anyway we're just like no you have to understand like you're making it hard yeah we're wired differently men were wired in that way and women were just wired to react by what they hear and men Mm -hmm. by what they see super interesting and so uh, going going to that you know that uh, scenario where you just pointed out you're driving you just you have not invited it and you see someone who's improperly dressed you know there's a promise which I just found here I find it to be very um, very inspiring I'm like Lord I'm gonna claim this promise every time I have this impure thoughts come to my mm-hmm. mind when I see someone who's not uh, uh, who's showing curves and skin and everything and it says that um, um, what verse are you reading from this since we have it uh, this is Timothy five verse okay um chapter five first timothy chapter five verse two actually starts in verse five it's kind of like you know it's kind of setting the context of the christian life you know he's saying hey do not rebuke an elder this is verse one do not rebuke an elder but entreat him as a father and the younger man as brother so is telling us how to relate to other men. Like if someone is older than you, you know, relate to them as if they are a father. And if they're younger to you, relate to them as if they are brother. And then they talk about ladies. So if the lady is an elder woman, treat them as if they are mother. And if it's a younger sister, if they are younger, as a sister with all purity. Mm. So purity. my God gives us a, a weight of thing of viewing the world in as much as it's messed up that like, hey, whenever you see someone like that, you just think of them as your younger sister, right? You're not going to have those wow. kind of thoughts towards your sister. And God is going to, you know, God also says, in, uh, I believe it's in uh, Second uh, Corinthians mm-hmm. 10 verses uh, 3 to 5. Um, actually to 6. I, I like the 6. So I'm going to include the 6. Second uh, Corinthians 10 verses uh, 3 to 6, it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. So pretty much God is acknowledging that, hey, guys, I know that you're walking in the flesh. I know the world you're living in. And I know that, like, you know, you have hormones, you have testosterone, you have all these things. Because, you know, when you really think about it, like the sexual experience actually happens in the brain. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, the organs are involved. But they are just like instruments. They're just the outlet. Everything happens in the brain. So it's so, so God is like, guard the brain. You know? Exactly. God is like, I know the world that you exist in. And I know that like, you know, when those things are happening, you're being exposed to those things. They are certain reactions which are happening in your brain, which you're not conscious about, which you, you, you don't even like, you don't even tell yourself that, oh, I want to be stimulated. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> and God is like, yeah, I know. And so though you walk in the in the flesh you do not war against the flesh because uh he, he goes on to say paul for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds and paul is giving us the bigger picture here that hey you know what you're having these struggles i want you to realize that the war that we're fighting our weapons are not just like you know in as much as we're thinking of taking our eyes from this you know not looking at it and everything our weapons are actually 
uh, we're actually fighting against principality. This is the, the war of the devil, right? Oh. Between devil and God. And then in verse five, he says, um, with, the, with the weapons that are that are through God, the weapons that pull down the strongholds, like pornography is a stronghold, man. It holds Big you time. strong in a bind, man. Yep. You know, he goes on to say those weapons in verse five, they cast casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into the captivity being into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. So how I think about it, I really think, uh, honest, just making it practical. I'm driving, I'm walking, I say this. I'm just like, Lord, help me to say this person as Instantly, sin. right away. That's got to be the Instantly, first right thought. Away. Go to God. Exactly. But sometimes the thought lingers. And I'm like, what? The thought is lingering? <laughs> I claim Second Corinthians, uh, you know, Chapter 10, verse 5, which says, bringing every thought into captivity, into the captivity of Christ, every high thought that exalted to the obedience of Christ. Like, Lord, this thought is an evil thought. It's exalting itself against you. I want to bring it to your cap. Lord, you bind it. You know, put it in prison. I don't want it in my mind. And the Lord says, he does, he promises, you know. And verse 6 says, like, um, having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so it's, it's even amazing. It goes the next extra step. I always love this verse where I realize that, you know, sometimes where you've been guilty, you've been bound and, you know, you've prayed, you've claimed God's promises to forgive you of the things that you have seen. Then God goes on to say that like, Hey, have a, a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Don't just stop and like, okay, you know what? I've, overcome this have done this you know go the extra mile you know start like you know doing things that we're doing right now like this podcast exactly like this podcast you know encouraging other brothers once once god has set you free free you have to share that with everybody else exactly. jesus exactly. says he came to set the captives free but i think the exactly. first thing the first thing in all of this is the humility to recognize that we are under this demonic power and I think if we stop as a church trying to taboo everything and shh, don't talk about that, don't talk about porn, don't talk about masturbation, the kids might hear you. The kids need to hear you. Exactly, exactly. Right, so the more we expose this, out of expose this to the light, the glory exactly. of God, sin cannot stay in the room. Exactly. Because the Lord will just shut it down. It's, it's amazing. Exactly. Talking about it, we get to expose this and then look at the tactics that the Bible has given us. You know, on the page seven, I want to read from more plans. It says that habits are like the terrain of war. Whoever controls the terrain gains the advantages that the terrain has to offer. The terrain can work for you or against you. When the devil gains hold of this terrain, he sets up camp. Exactly what you're saying. And we get into the habit of getting angry when things happen that we dislike. We fall into depression or things we don't control. The big D word. The big D word that every Christian thinks that never happens to them. It happens, people. We find ourselves struggling with sexual temptations and we can't control our appetites or our desires. Whatever it is we want. Movies, music, video games, mercy. I have so many testimonies on these things. Food, appetites. We find ourselves helpless to resist. No matter how hard we try to break free like that, it just feels as if we're just end up falling and we don't want to stand. But I'm reminded in the Bible, it says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 You know, um, the good news is, you know, Jesus is able to deliver us from all these things. Amen. I believe it. And, and uh, God is just like promise which is so dear to me, it's in Jude um, 24. Jude has only one chapter. So <laughs> okay, what chapter in Jude? Jude chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> Jude 1, 24. You know, um, I'll just wait for you to get there. Way in the back of my Bible here. Yeah, I got it. Jude uh, 24, it says, Jude 1, 24, it says, now unto him, talking about Jesus, it, it says that in the next verse, but now unto him, now unto Jesus, who's able to keep you from falling 
and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with his exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be the glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. And the amazing thing about this promise is telling us that, like, Jesus is able. It says, now unto him is able to keep you from falling. So, you know, sometimes, you, you know, when you're reading that uh, passage in the war, in the war plane um, book, it talks about how sometimes you can come to a point where it seems like you're on autopilot. Mm. And you can come to a place where you, you're honestly questioning yourself if you're ever going to come out of this, like, messed up situation where you are in. Like, you, you want to get out of it, but before you know it, you find yourself in the same path. But here God says he's able. And I think that's the first part, first process of deliverance, realizing that there's someone else who's able to take you out of the situation. A higher power. There's a higher power. And yes, higher, higher from power. ourselves. Exactly, exactly. And the amazing thing about this verse also says that he is, uh, you present your faultless. You know, when you're, you're in a situation like this, you feel so dirty and everything. But God mm -hmm. is saying like, you know, I cover you by my blood. And I present you faultless as if nothing has ever happened in your life. Amazing. And not just faultless, we just like, you know, you know, most of the times in the, in the, in, in our physical world, when you're uh, counseling a child or, you know, your parents and they've done wrong and you're trying to let them know that they did wrong, you know, your parents are really stand, you know, they give you that face where, you know, you've done wrong. And All it takes is one you, look, you know, yeah, you're a stink yeah. eye, you're like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly or even after they have forgiven you right they remind you and i have to still earn your 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 acceptance again that you won't do it again but here it, it talks about how when god has forgiven us and he is by is able to you know to present us faultless he says he does it with exceeding joy amen and what mighty god we serve when you think about earthly parents the times where they have exceeding joy is when you have done something really good <laughs> yeah. but here God is saying right. when he has delivered you from messed upness mm. he presents you with exceeding joy as if you have wow. done something really good it's because he has covered you with his blood wow. when God looks at you he looks it's as if he sees Jesus himself that's amazing and, and to think that God can forget because he says as far as the east is from the west i'll remember your sins no more though your sins be as scarlet i'll make them white as wool how can the god who knows everything forget something exactly amazing he can't james chapter 1 verses 14 to 15 when i bring your attention to that it says but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when is full grown, brings forth death. Mm -hmm. So the flip side of what you're saying, the flip side of forgiveness, the flip side of confessing to God and asking for help, the road ultimately leads to death. And I find it amazing that we, we in the moment, temporarily, we embellish sin, we, 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 we embrace it. But in our mind, we think I'm invincible. This is this is just a little porn. It's just a little masturbating. It's nothing. What are these guys talking about? They don't know what they're talking about. But the Bible says that these things, sin, when fully grown, brings forth death. What an important reminder of 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 what this warfare ultimately can lead to if we're not on the right side. Exactly. Exactly. And even before it leads to death, you know. Uh, that lady we were talking about, um, the good old lady, Ellen White, you know, she also writes about this thing. She writes about masturbation. She calls it self-abuse because you're mm. actually literally abusing yourself. Like, you know, you can imagine, like, the damages it does to your brain and everything. But one of the things that she says, she says that, oh, it, it can lead to insanity, right? And some people, you know, I've seen a lot of people over the years, they used to ridicule what she said about that, like, huh, how in the world can masturbation lead to insanity to the point where, you know, what we're saying right now, when some of, uh, some of my, some of my buddies, like, you know, who are like, uh, don't believe in God, they're in the secular world, uh, they have laughed at the idea of that masturbation is wrong for you. 
you know, in the in the secular world, it's actually encouraged. They say, oh, it's a healthy thing, or it's old. I saw now, they're teaching it now in schools, in elementary schools. Exactly, exactly. But you know, Ellen White says that this thing. Uh, well, and when I say Ellen White, I don't necessarily mean Ellen. I'm just saying she's the author of that. But she was like under the spirit of God when she was writing this thing. So mm -hmm. this is God writing, saying this. God is saying this prolonged masturbation can lead to insanity and now the medic the scientific community is now starting to acknowledge it they are now um, um or respected medical authorities are saying yeah you know when zinc just because zinc is such an essential um uh, part of the micro uh, micronutrients in the in the brain and that plays a, a very vital role uh in, also in enzymes and stuff like that uh, they, a person can come to a point where they're actually insane due to wow. uh, um, um, they're, they're very depressed in, in, their, in their level of zinc. And, um, and we kind of see the pathway, right? When you're masturbating, it takes two to three days for your zinc to recover and you're over, overdoing it. And then your zinc is completely way depleted. You see people going insane, people going depressed, going all those things. Um, that are so bad for you before you even die. So you're literally almost kind of starting to die while you're still alive with like going insane and all those things. And, uh, you know, people really good. People think, oh, it's all crazy. What in the world are you saying? It's bad for you. I've seen books where, you know, doctors recommend it. It's healthy. Mm -hmm. And what you have to realize is like the enemy. This is like, you know what Paul said? The enemy. The enemy. This is a war between God and Satan. The enemy knows that if you propagate this misinformation about this thing being good for you when just from a purely objective scientific point of view, it's not, you know, doctors is like objective doctors are saying that guys, this thing's not good for you. Mm. Um, so the devil knows that he has to propagate lies in order That's for powerful. people to, to continue, you know, bouncing. You know what, Thomas, I, I, I think I'm just, the spirit of God has touched me right now and I think we're pulling up to an hour. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest that we close out this. We'll say goodbye and we'll come right back on. Are you going to welcome us? And then we can keep going. And I just want to thank you so much for highlighting the medical side of things. And I think the next topic that we're going to be talking about right now in the next hour, uh, we're going to cut the video. So it's easier for you to digest. We want you to get too tired and too you know, worn out because it's a lot of information. We want you to really absorb this. So take this one in prayerfully. Go through those steps that Thomas had mentioned before, which were to list four bad habits that you're currently struggling with in your life that you want to change to good habits. Write them down on the next page and find the cause of that habit. Ask yourself, why are you doing it? And write down below the context of your ha bad habits. Um, you know, is it a particular location, a group of people, time of day, the weather, the environment, the choices you make, the feelings that you, you attach to a particular person or event? An example could be, uh, I want to break the habit of gossiping. You know, what's the cause? You know, I gossip because I want to feel included. I want to tell people I have inside information. You know, I can brag about what I have or talk about people, make them look bad, make me look good. Um, what about the context? Your coffee room, your lunchroom at work. Maybe you should avoid the places where people are gossiping. So it's just, just a small example. But I wanna thank you guys for tuning in to part one of how to overcome pornography addictions. And um, thank you, Thomas, we'll be right back. God bless you all. And we are praying for each listener, each viewer, that the Lord will set you free. Bye for now, and God bless you.